What kind of conversation did you have with fans? You mentioned fans. I mean, what do you mean? Like, I mean, I've, I've talked to people. Have called, people people have called. People stop like, me in public. People stop the TSA guy. Like to talk a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm out and about. People, people talk. People talk. For the most part, I will say, you know, look, it, it's uh, putting aside anything related to Mike. A lot of what I've heard from fans has been pretty positive uh, in terms of their excitement for Pedro. Uh, I mean, I've, most every other conversation mentions health in some level of uh, for, uh, some capacity, which I get. But for the most part, uh, I've, I'm hearing from a lot of people who are excited about the prospect that this, for the future that this club holds. Mm. Inspiring stuff from Rakan yesterday. So, Tanny, with Al Michaels speaking for him, saying, hmm, is, I think, doubting that Rakan has gotten positive feedback from White Sox fans he's interacted with. So, I don't doubt that at all. I think that selective polling, right? Or a, a feedback in person. Nobody's going to come up to his face and start talking crap. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, 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 that is not a representative sample size. Or no. the day of the Pedro Grafol opening press conference, like that in a vacuum itself. Like, yeah, we're all great day. I was out and yeah. about after that. It was great. Sure Everyone was. was complimented. Yeah. I was among them right there that day. Absolutely. But I mean, the Athletic did a survey of 2,000 White Sox fans, and it was F. Fairly negative, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah, it's, F, F is fairly negative. Yeah, well, that was the grade from Fegan for the offseason. I'm talking about the survey. Oh, yeah, for sure. The, the, of the 2,000 fans that were polled. Uh, they did a survey of 2,000 fans. No, and, and it was it, the, the, result, the results were terrible. But, I, listen, I don't think that fans quit on teams. I think they get angry, and we bitch, and we moan, and we complain, and then, by and large, we go back out there. Mm-hmm. Like that's generally, or It's generally speaking how this whole thing works. We're addicted to this stuff. That's why we're sports fans. But... Uh, they're certainly testing it. They're certainly testing it. Because there was Andrew Benintendi, which was a really good move, and then there just wasn't a lot of other stuff. Right. So Rick Hahn kind of addressed all of that, uh, beginning with uh, the perceived lack of offseason moves. I don't think any club's going to sit here today and say they have enough. There's going to be guys who step forward and are the Davis Martins of 2023, just like Davis sort of grabbed the opportunity last year and developed. Uh, still look to add but there's uh there's some young talent in there that i look forward to seeing how they progress this year how do you, you feel like you uh, did what you needed to do this offseason to improve this team i don't think i've ever felt that way in an offseason that we've done everything we've wanted to to do uh i know we've had off seasons where we've received accolades and awards and, and good grades uh and we've had others where people have disagreed with what we've done uh ultimately uh the one nice thing about this sport is the actual report card, or any pro sport, is the actual report cub card comes on the field, not in the offseason. Um, we have a team that's got a ton of talent and an opportunity in front of us to uh, prove that we were the team that we looked like we were going to be in 2019, 2021, and heading into 22 and to get this thing back on track fairly quickly based on the talent and the commitment of those in the players' side of the locker room and the coaches' side. So we look forward to proving we're better than perhaps some people think at this time. Well, 
Um, they are counting on the people that are here to be coached up and to get better than what they were. They are more talented than their projections suggest they are. This I is agree a, with that. Th- right? This is a team that – this is the bones of a team that had back-to-back 90-win seasons two and three years ago. I'm a big Lance Lynn fan. I think he works on his game and improves. Dylan Cease was a breakout superstar. Michael Kopech is healthy. What Lucas Giolito am I getting? I think the starting rotation should be pretty good. I'm getting skinny boy Lucas. Right, he's back to lanky Lucas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I what's 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 the four seam fastball like? 110 miles an hour. I heard <laughs> that sounds good. That would be good. Enough. That, yeah, bo- I'm into it. that, that bodes well. Nope. If you're a fastball fan, obviously Liam Hendricks is a big loss, and they've got other guys. Bullpen volatility is an issue, but also like they're not deep. For how much money they're spending on their payroll relative to their own history yeah, and a top 10 payroll in baseball, they're not very deep. You know, when he mentions that somebody has to be the Davis Martin, that's, uh, whew. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to find one. Uh-huh. We're going to find a Davis great. Martin, guys. It's going to well, be great. We're going to find one. They got a lot of big money guys in that bullpen. Well, Jay- he speaks, doesn't he just mean they need a pitcher to be someone above average when a replacement is needed? Uh, yeah, because in that bullpen, you got a lot of questions. Joe Kelly, Jake Diekman, Aaron Bummer, Kendall Graveman, all making a lot of money, and Liam Hendricks, all making a lot of money for bullpen guys, all have to show up and be really, really good. Because behind them, you don't know when Garrett Crochet is coming back. You're, what, are you going to count on Tanner Banks? What about Banks? I mean, you got you got a lot of questions back there. So we need somebody to step up in that bullpen if the big money guys are not good or not healthy. He addressed the obvious place where an addition seemed to make sense to a lot of the observers of the team, second base. There's been nothing but raves about Romy Gonzalez this offseason from those coaches that have worked for him. They even had a player who went down and worked with him and came back and came into my office in the offseason and said, don't you dare trade that guy. <laughs> but there's a there's a lot of enthusiasm about Romy and his and his future. Uh, Lennon Sosa got a little taste last year. He obviously moved quickly. Uh, Want to see how he shows up and how he acclimates himself to sort of his first real big league opportunity, and if he rises that occasion, occasion or if it becomes more of a challenge. Uh, those are two of the most interesting guys in that mix. Obviously, Lurie's around. Guys like Zach Remillard, you know, have been sort of forcing the issue for a few years. Let's see what he has. And uh, as I said, there's still, you know, conversations ongoing elsewhere as well. Did he say Leary's around? Obviously he is. You want to tell me that giving Leary $17.5 million was Rick's decision and that's the way he's talking about him? Oh, my God. Oh, That's a Kenny thing. Obviously, Leary's around. It's a Kenny thing. Well, maybe. It certainly was a Tony thing. It sure as hell was a Tony thing. Leary's around. Obviously, Leary's around is phenomenal. Hanser Alberto, also around. <laughs> what do you think that means? Like, he's around? Yeah, he's like shagging grounders, or he's just pouring coffee, I think, I or think he's, he's playing golf. I think he's got a lock on the 26th man spot. He's, he's got a he, lock on it. He's around. He's getting paid. He's around. Do you hear the omission there? Somebody we've been uh, wanting to play second base? Jake Berger. Jake Berger in a mission. I don't think they defensively believe that Jake Berger can man that spot. Nice and, of them to start prioritizing defense. Either that, or they just like Roman Gonzalez that much. Well, that's what good organizations do. Like, if you if you have a void somewhere, ideally someone comes up from the minor leagues yeah. or Rule 5 or whatever, and they come up and they can give you 
adequate <laughs> production at a position like second base. That's what good organizations do. That's what Houston did when Carlos Correa left. Yep. They were able to plug shortstop in. Which Jeremy is Pena. Yeah, there exactly. You go. Look at him. Um, and, and you know what? Those guys matter to a team chemistry, to a team vibe. If you are what is now somehow a grizzled veteran of Yohan Moncada, you know, and you're looking around, you want that young, hungry spark plug who's busting their ass to be better every day. You need those guys. Well, and if, Ed, I'm okay with that at second base. I'm going to have an open mind about Romy Gonzalez, actually. I'm going to have an open mind. I like the tools. I like the tools as well. Yeah. I like the tools, and I like uh, everything we've heard about the character and, and, and the vibe. Well, they're going to need someone to fill the void, right, left by uh, Jose Abreu, who's the model of consistency. Oh. So here's Rick Hahn on what opportunities that provides. Jose, look, you're, uh, for nine years he was exemplary in terms of what we'd want in a White Sox player, in terms of his performance, his commitment, uh, his work uh, with his teammates and, and in the White Sox community at large. Uh, and he'll be missed. It's weird looking in the clubhouse and not seeing him. Uh, that said, uh, I feel like this team heading into this year, we're going to be a, a little stronger defensively based on how guys are going to line up. I think that uh, we're going to have a balanced lineup, which we've met, that help Andrew helps bring. And if Colas lines up in right field, will help complement as well. Uh, I think we're going to be a little different from what you saw last season in terms of uh, energy level and preparation and focus and the talent still remains in that room that again a year ago had everyone extremely optimistic about this group so uh, never gonna you're never gonna hear from anyone with the White Sox that uh, anything other than Jose is missed but that doesn't mean that we can't still have a damn good team even if him he's not here what you're going to see is different in terms of energy level, preparation, and focus. Mr. Grafal, come on down. We've got a theme, and it doesn't end there with Pedro. There's more to come on that. How much do you think they are relying on, you say, coaching him up? And, and, and what he just said, and I say coaching him up, and it is, it is diminutive when I'm saying it with a little, but energy level, preparation, and focus – Hell, man, that stuff matters a yeah, ton. Absolutely. And it was trash last year. Absolute trash. They got complacent. They, they're saying the right things, the players are, when we talk to them, right, about we're pissed, it was embarrassing, we underperformed, we've been working harder. I mean, they put out a whole hype video about how much they underperformed, basically. Like, the Bears put out a hype video about how they're going to own the offseason, and White, the White Sox put up a video yeah. of – we're we're angry and we're going to do better. We're sorry. Hey, man, I, I, I deeply hope that Pedro Grafal has a tremendously positive effect on those things. And I think it is entirely possible that that he will. They need it desperately. So speaking of uh, replacing his power and messaging, here's the last thing from Rick Hahn on the baseball. Rick, I think you talked uh, at the end of last year about the importance of, of improving the power numbers uh, offensively. Uh, I guess, first of all, what have you seen from Pedro and the staff that, that gives you confidence that the guys that are here are going to be able to do that? And I guess that secondly, do, do you think that you infused enough power into this roster with, with some of the uh, other players, the newer faces that are coming? Uh, a lot of it's going to have to come from the internal improvement and a return to the career norms for guys uh, in terms of the power production. Uh, we're not looking for Benintendi to necessarily you know, hit 15 to 20. He can had the same season he had last year, and that'd be extremely valuable from an offensive standpoint, even without that kind of power. Uh, 
but I'd say the Pedro, the hitting coaches, uh, are implementing a program that's going to have us uh, in a, a very good position for guys to unlock and fulfill their potential, to understand their swings, understand what they're trying to do on certain pitches, understand how they're being pitched to, prepared for, uh, and put in a position to do some damage. So I, I'm, I feel, health permitting, knock on wood, I feel high level of confidence that offense is going to be much closer to what it was supposed to be than what we saw last year. Was that, I mean, obviously there was so much going in, going on last year, but was, was part of that messaging, was there was there messaging that was preventing some power? And do you I mean, think look, there will be different messaging that will fix There's certainly going to be different mes- messaging and different game prep, and obviously we made very significant changes to our coaching staff, so <laughs> I think that answers, you know, one of the elements that we thought we could get better in. Wow significant changes to our coaching staff. That's not just Tony. That's Frank Manichino. That's the overall approach. And that is uh, a GM desperate to see his team get back to hitting the long ball. 22nd in MLB last year in home runs. uh, 19th the year before. And uh, in 2021. And in 2020, uh, they were much higher. They were third in all of baseball in the shortened 2020 season and home runs. He really dislikes Tony LaRusso. He really did. <laughs> he really disliked the last couple of years, almost as much as everybody else. <laughs> if only there was some way to have seen that coming. Maybe it was the the hostage look on his face when Tony was hired. Yeah, maybe that. Was, it that could have been, been that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Subtweeting his, his last two years all throughout that thing. Yeah, really. He really, he really did. Uh so we uh, Tanny's open today it was us fumbling the Raquel Welch eulogy. We'll see if we could do better coming up before Dave Wanstead at four o'clock on the score.